prayer was not meant to be a monologue. It was meant to be a two-way conversation. I learned that it wasn't just submitting a grocery list of things I wanted God to do or giving him all my best ideas about how he should order <laughs> my life and my days. I learned that it was in part me talking to him because he wants us to talk to him. He invites us to pray to him. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, he sees you, and he loves you because you are his. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. What does prayer mean to you? Is it difficult to speak with God or are you always talking to God? Everybody thinks of prayer differently, but Lori Hatcher joyfully discovered that prayer is the opportunity to have a conversation with God. Lori is an author, blogger, and women's ministry speaker. She's written five devotionals, including Refresh Your Faith. She and her pastor husband live close to their four grandchildren in Lexington, South Carolina. We can't wait to learn more about prayer and refreshing our faith from Lori Hatcher on this episode of God Hears Her. Lori, welcome to the show. <laughs> Let's talk about the things that we struggle with within prayer and faith. Yeah, yeah, but before we go straight into that, Lori, we want to know your story. You know, where are you from? Just kind of weave us through some of your decades, if you don't mind. Sure. My husband likes to say that I wasn't born in the South, but I got here as quickly as I could. <laughs> that is a great line. <laughs> it's so I love like that. I love that. <laughs> I'm a Yankee transplant from Bristol, Rhode Island, now living outside of Columbia, South Carolina, a very happy transplant. I don't like cold weather, (laughs) so I'm very happy to be here. But And coming to Columbia was really part of God's work in my life. I have a friend who lives in Rhode Island still, and she and I joke. I tell her, I didn't know that someone could get saved in Rhode Island. And she says, well, you did something I've never done. Uh, You got out of Rhode Island. (laughs) Somebody got saved in, somebody got saved from Rhode Island. (laughs) Hey, we like Rhode Island. It's okay. (laughs) I love Rhode Island in June, July, and August. So you grew up in Rhode Island. I did. I moved here. We like to say that the blizzard of 78 prompted the migration of 79. Interesting. My dad is from Columbia, but he was stationed in Newport with the Navy, and we were all born there, I and my two sisters. And then the blizzard of 78 helped dad convince mom that there was a better way. (laughs) And so so we moved here in my sophomore year of high school, and, and I'm very glad to be here. I came to faith just a couple years after that, and I believe that God used all those circumstances to put me exactly where I needed to be for him to call me to himself. So you're in South Carolina. You graduate high school. Do you go to college? What's the journey after? And I want to know, like you said, later on you found the Lord after your sophomore year. So take us to that. Well, I, as a firstborn, as a firstborn overachiever, and I really had everything going for me. I had graduated fourth in my high school class. I had a full tuition scholarship to the college of my choice. I had been dating, you know, a guy for two years and everybody thought we'd get married. Mm -hmm. I had everything the world said should make me happy, but I was empty inside. Mm -hmm. 
the summer before my freshman year in college, I would wake up in the morning and I would look in the mirror and I would sob. I really thought I was having a nervous breakdown oh, or something. I didn't know what was going on because yeah. I had everything that should have made me happy, but I was still empty. I knew I needed help and I thought, well, I need counseling, but counseling costs money and I don't mm. have any money and heaven forbid that I tell my parents that I'm struggling. Mm. We can't do that. So <laughs> I had been attending church, a Bible believing church for two years with, with a friend and I thought, well, a pastor is like a counselor. Mm. He meets with people and he helps people. And my pastor was very kind. He had baptized me two years before. I was faithful in his, the youth group and came to church every time the doors were open because my boyfriend was there and so was his ex-girlfriend. So <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to miss a service. Yeah. Yeah. You like no. had hot eyes. No. Just... <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So I made an appointment to talk with him. And honestly, I don't know what I planned to say that day in his office. But what came out, you know, he, he sat there and he looked at me with his kind eyes. And he said, his very deep voice, radio voice, well, Lori, what can I do for you today? I opened my mouth and I just began confessing my sin. The Holy Spirit just convicted my heart in that moment that I was not everything that I mm. portrayed myself as. And my pastor didn't know what to do with me because he'd baptized me two years before when I'd walked down the aisle and prayed the prayer and all that. But mm. when I did that, nothing inside of me changed. Maybe mm. I didn't have enough understanding of what the gospel really was. And I desperately wanted to fit in in this Christian culture. But mm. he led me in a prayer and he said, Laura, you need to, you need to make... Christ Lord of your life. Wow. And he led me in a prayer. And, and I know now looking back that that was my prayer of surrender. I said, God, I've been living my life my way and I'm not doing a very good job of it. I don't want to be in control anymore. I want you to be in control of my life. I surrender to you. Mm. And, you know, I never understood that such a simple prayer could accomplish such a tremendous thing, but I left his office changed. Mm -hmm. I broke off a relationship that didn't honor him. I began to want to read the Bible. I wanted to be in church, not because my friends were in church, but because I really wanted to hear the word of God. And I began to change. I always thought of Christianity as, you know, you have to give up things. But all of a sudden I found that the things that weren't pleasing to God, I, I just didn't want to do anymore. Yeah. And so I wasn't giving up anything. It was a joyful mm. thing. And God just began to transform me. And I'm very, very grateful he did. Uh, what you're saying, when we try to surrender, it's like, you know, we think of all the most horrible things in the universe. And if those aren't in a category next to our name, then, you know, we're kind of good to go. But when we take everything into our own hands, which I do regularly, you know, it's all up to me. Man, we, we leave him out of the picture. I love your honesty there. Thank you for sharing the pain that came before the confession that uh, has freed you. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, I used to be very jealous of other people who had these dramatic testimonies. You know, they were in the drug culture or they were in some heinous sin world. And I always felt like, well, I don't have much of a story because 
I was the good girl. I, you know, I did on the outside, I did everything right. But on the inside, I was just as lost Mm -hmm. and just as in need of a savior. And so my testimony, I think, is for the good girls Mm. who think maybe they don't need Jesus because they've got everything in their life that that they think should make them happy. Mm. 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 That's so powerful. Yeah. Mm. One thing that I loved that you shared was how you knew that there was more even after praying the prayer and walking down the aisle, like you didn't compromise on believing that God is what you were experiencing, but knew that he was something so much more than what you were experiencing. I think a lot of us can struggle with pushing past that I'll just settle in and become complacent. That's good. That this Mm -hmm. is my journey with the Lord. But you were like, no, there's something else. Would you speak on that a little bit more? I mean, what was it? Was it just looking around and what caused you to not just sustain in complacency? I think part of my testimony that offers so much hope for those who maybe have prodigals, even though I didn't look like a prodigal, I was not a Christian. I had not surrendered my life to Christ, is that I sat under the sound of sound Bible teaching, the gospel, Mm -hmm. for two years before the word of God just penetrated my heart. The true teaching pushed out all the false ideas that I had about faith and about the Bible. And in the fullness of time, Mm -hmm. that word just pricked my heart Mm -hmm. and pricked my heart and pricked my heart. God's word never returns Mm -hmm. void. Mm -hmm. So, so many prodigal mamas, I've got a heart for prodigal mamas because I walked that journey as well. And they wondered, did all those years of raising my children in the faith and taking them to church and the mm. kids who memorize Bible verses in Awana, you know, is that all? And now they're not living for God. Is Was that all a waste? But God's word always accomplishes what he intends for it to do. And so even though that time was slow in coming, I wasn't there because I was interested in God's word. I was just there because my friends were there. But God even used that because mm-hmm. his word never returns void. So mm-hmm. from, from that point, it was just very sweet to see how God was patient with me and how he wooed me to himself. I can't say that I saw a supernatural joy in somebody that I really wanted or anything. I wasn't looking for God, but he was looking for me mm-hmm. and he found me. Sometimes our greatest step is to allow God to find us, isn't it? You know, we yeah. can throw up all these defenses and or settle, as you were saying, Aaron, and uh, then we miss God because we're defended against him. And if we just let ourselves be found, if we just let ourselves be loved, it's a, maybe the hardest thing we'll ever do. Yeah. So take yeah. us through... In terms of your faith and your prayer walk and your time with God, how did that grow? How was that shaped? What have you learned about prayer and how have you struggled with it in ways that you can share with us and and everybody else here who's around uh, listening with us right now? I'm apparently a very slow (laughs) learner because about the first 20 years of my life was my prayer life was frustrating and ineffective. Mm-hmm. I compare it to online grocery shopping, which we've <laughs> all had to learn how to do during the pandemic. Okay, here's what it looks like. 
you scroll through and you pick everything that you would love to have Mm -hmm. and you click off the boxes and then you submit your order and you wait. And then somebody arrives at your doorstep and you open your package and sometimes exactly (laughs) what you ordered is in the box. Other times something similar is in the box. And then sometimes like you get rutabagas instead of bananas. And that was my prayer life for decades. It was ineffective. It was inefficient. It was frustrating. It was mysterious. I would hear people talk about hearing from God, hearing God speak. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've never had that happen. Or they'd they'd pray these beautiful prayers and the next week they'd come back and share how God had answered them. And my prayer life was very hit or miss and very ineffective. That was the first 20 years of my life. Mm. And then I learned that prayer was not meant to be a monologue. It was meant to be a two-way conversation. I learned that it wasn't just submitting a grocery list of things I wanted God to do or giving him all my best ideas about how he should order (laughs) my life and my days. I learned that it was in part me talking to him because he wants us to talk to him. He invites us to pray to him. But it wasn't just about what I could get from him. It was that I could get him. Mm. What changed was I learned that two-way conversation was supposed to include, yes, me talking, but also letting God speak. One of my favorite quotes on prayer is by a missionary named Frank Laubach. And he said, the trouble with nearly everybody who prays is that he says amen and runs away before God has a chance to reply. Mm. Listening to God is far more important than giving him your ideas. Mm. The transformation happened when I learned to listen. And I'm not just talking about sitting in a room totally silent. I learned that the main ways God speaks to us today is through his word. When I began incorporating God's word, Bible reading, into my prayer time, my one-way monologue became a two-way dialogue. And I'd be happy to describe that. Yes, I would love to hear that. Yes, I I really appreciate it. I'm going to just highlight for a second this big idea you just shared. Instead of getting things from God, you get God. And, And I love that. So yes, could you give some examples? I learned that the main purpose of prayer is to build our relationship with God. It's a conversation between two people who love each other. We wouldn't have much of a conversation with our children or our spouse or our friends if only one person talked and the other never said anything. And and that's kind of what I'd been doing with God. I'd been doing all the talking and not letting him get a word edgewise. So I began reading a daily Bible, which has a selection from the Old Testament, a selection from the New Testament, a selection from Psalms and Proverbs. And then that gave me the format to use, a. you've heard the acronym, probably ACTS. I use PART, P-A-R-T, Praise, Request, Admit, Thanksgiving. So Mm. I would sit down with my Bible and I would open to the Psalms. And I would begin to praise him with the Psalms. I would read one of the Psalms selections. And then 
that started my prayer time out by focusing on God, not focusing on me or my needs. It reminded me who I was talking to, who I was bringing my needs Mm -hmm. to. And then when my praise time was over, I prayed Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then I would be still and I'd listen. And y'all, Every single time I asked God to show me my sin, he would. And there was never a day that I he didn't have something to bring to mind that I had done wrong from the day before. And so I would confess those sins and I would ask God to help me gain victory over those. And I would just cleanse my heart before mm-hmm. him. And even just that part showed me how through God's word, He was speaking to me through the Holy Spirit. He was convicting my heart of sin that needed, you know, um, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. So Mm -hmm. sin hinders our prayers. Then I would begin my list, my grocery list, the things Mm -hmm. that I wanted to bring before the Lord that were heavy on my heart. And I used a prayer journal Mm -hmm. to keep track of the things I wanted to pray about and for and I would date the request because it was so fun to write down the answers and see how faithful God had been when he started Mm -hmm. answering my prayers in that way. And then I would conclude with a time of thanksgiving, which again, just reminded me how much I had to be grateful for that God had already done in my life. And then when I would finish, I would just be still before the Lord and invite him again, just just to speak. And sometimes he would bring to mind a scripture that I had read that day in either the New Testament or the Old Testament. If I had prayed for wisdom in a certain situation, sometimes the answer was right there in that reading for the day. And I, I just learned that the Bible is the way God speaks back into our lives so often. That's the primary way. And so I would leave my time of prayer feeling like I had talked with God and he had talked with me. What happens when it doesn't work? Mm. Well, P-A-R-T can get very legalistic if it's just a formula. Yes. But for me, it was a tool. It was a tool to grow my conversation with God to give it guidance and direction. And honestly, if I don't have some some guardrails around my time, before I know it, I'm making my grocery list instead of praying for the missionaries in Africa. You know, so I needed that structure for me. And because I combined prayer, talking me talking with Bible reading, I never came away feeling like I hadn't heard from God. I heard one friend say, if you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. And if you want to hear God speak aloud, read it out loud. And so <laughs> I love that. So, <laughs> so every time we open God's word, he's speaking to us. And that's very comforting. When we come back, Lori will explain how we can know it's God's voice speaking to us rather than the voices of the world or people around us. But first, we have an exciting announcement from Aaron. Hey friends, we are so excited that our next episode of God Hears Her is our 100th episode. We have a special conversation with our producers about our favorite episodes and the behind the scenes of the episodes you listen to. 
make sure to check out our 100th episode for a fun conversation and a surprise special edition release coming up. Now let's get back to our conversation with Lori Hatcher. There's something that I, I, I do on my phone. It's in my notes. So it's a folder in my notes and I lock them and they're prayers. And I've been doing it because I can access it on my phone or on my desktop. And I'll do a check-in, what am I feeling, a recap of yesterday. I'll talk with God. I confess. I invite him in. And then I read. I love going back through and seeing how my conversations have grown with Mm -hmm. him and how more comfortable I become with silence and more comfortable I become with not expecting an answer because I think that's the most intimate and sacred thing when you can just trust and know that he's there and not force a response back. You know, like I I do with the people that I love, I can share and I trust in them that they believe the best in me and that they love me and they're not going to abandon me. And, and so I, it's been neat to see, I love your acronym part because that's so tangible. Mm-hmm. Elisa knows I love things that are just practical mm-hmm. and tra- tangible mm-hmm. and something that I can apply. And I love that you shared, you know, we have to be careful that we're not performing. Because when I started doing that in my notes on my phone, I did start thinking like, oh man, I didn't do it today. And God now doesn't think that I care about him or that I don't want to have quiet time with him or or I don't care about communicating with him because this is the only way I would communicate. But even analyzing those thoughts helped me to break out of that and pay attention. And and when I started paying attention to those thoughts, he would meet me with mm. those and he would tell me, no, you don't have to perform. I'm here mm. right now. You don't have to always go to your notes. You don't always have to do this. We can talk right now on this walk or in this conversation that you're having with this friend. You know I mean, he's he meets me literally wherever I'm at. And I just... I just love the way that you broke that down. For me, it was just a training. It was a training exercise. My girls are swimmers. And so their coach would have them do drill after drill after drill after drill, the same thing, the same way, so that when the time came for them to compete, they didn't even have to think about it. It just flowed out of their bodies. They knew without thinking about it. And that's what it really has become. I don't sit down with my list anymore. It just becomes the framework for my prayer time with God. Mm. A question that's bubbling up in me, and I don't want to derail us with it, but I think other people might be asking it. When we read the Bible, whether it's silently or out loud, and, and we really ask to hear from God, how do we know it's him speaking and how do we know that we're being true to the intent of scripture as it's recorded rather than just basically taking it out of context or proof texting or you know take some you know and jesus wept well that i need to go weep you know i mean you could just do you could do anything you want to with any passage that really is such an important question because and it really lends itself into you know we've talked about being silent and listening for God. So the question is, well, how do I know that what I'm hearing is God and not just my crazy ideas or, again, taking something out of the context of Scripture? That's why I read through the Bible every year 
because we really, it is a complex book and it's so easy to just take bits and pieces. When I first sat down to read the Bible, I would just read a verse here, a chapter there, or a passage here. And y'all, we would never pick up any other book, (laughs) open it to the middle, read a paragraph and close it. I mean, so so why do we do this with the Bible? (laughs) We have to read all of it. All of it. Nothing but a whole Bible makes a whole Christian. I did not make that up. Some brilliant person said that, but it stuck. And so we do need to be students of God's word. For me, I would always begin to try to read through the Bible in a year and I'd make it through Genesis. Woo, that's exciting. Exodus. Wow, this is so cool. Leviticus. There's like some fatty lobes of liver. I mean, my pastor would always say the best of Bible reading intentions would be wrecked on the rocks of Leviticus. And so I never made it past Leviticus. And that's why I loved this daily Bible, because I would read a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, and then Psalms and Proverbs. So if it was a little dry in Leviticus, I still had Matthew to look forward to. And so often I would avoid the Old Testament because that's like, oh, old and new. Who doesn't want new? But the longer I read, the more I realized that the Old Testament is the new concealed, the New Testament is the old revealed, that they would partner together in such a beautiful way. So often I would see the fulfillment of the old Mm. in the new and my understanding just Mm. grew, but we have to be students of God's word. And as far as the, how do I know that it's really God that I'm hearing and not my own crazy thoughts or, or, or something wrong, there are a couple of really important guidelines. And that's why we have to be careful in those listening for God in those silent moments Yes, we can trust the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. He Mm -hmm. can speak to us within our spirit, but he will never speak contrary to God's word. He will never tell you to go blow up a plant because you don't agree with guns or or something like that. The Holy Spirit will never speak contradictory to scripture. Mm -hmm. So once again, that's why we need to know scripture. Also, I have noticed over the years that God usually repeats an important message how many times has that happened mm-hmm. to you? You feel like you're hearing from God and then your pastor preaches about the same thing on Sunday and then you hear a, a message on a podcast and it's the <laughs> same text or your friend says, you know, I, I've want, been wanting to talk to you about something mm-hmm. and it's the same message. So God is so gracious. He knows we're thick-headed. <laughs> yes. And so he repeats himself for us mercifully. Mm. And he aligns. I feel like he aligns himself with those he that we does. trust too. Yes. Absolutely. To he uses wise counselors. We have to be careful to filter who mm. we're getting input from. Mm-hmm. They have to be wise mm-hmm. in their own Christian walk. And sometimes, like, sometimes I'd be praying and being quiet before the Lord and an idea would come to me. And if it was something small, then I'd probably act on it. Like, oh, take Sally a meal because, you know, her kids have been sick and she's stressed out or send a note to so-and-so. I would usually do that immediately. But if it was something bigger, (laughs) I would wait and ask God to confirm it through these Mm -hmm. other ways. And the final way that I generally know it's God is that it usually requires some element of risk or faith because mm-hmm. I'm a play it safe kind of girl. So if if a bold and 
faith-filled idea comes, it's not from me because <laughs> I'm going to take the chicken's way out every single time. So really just going back to making sure you know God's word, making sure you surround yourself with godly men and women who can speak truth into you, being patient to be listening for God to reinforce that message, and then you know, being willing to take that step of faith because he's never going to take all the risk away. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we're never going to get all our questions answered. But he never sends us into some crazy tangent that he has not paved the path Mm. for in the past with us. Yeah. Lori, would would you pray over us and pray maybe for the woman that's feeling like she's in just a dry, maybe desert season in her prayer life? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. When you save us, you invite us into a relationship with yourself and in community with each other. But Lord, sometimes circumstances, the trials of this life, the hardships of the world, the temptations of sin, and Lord, just the disappointments that we feel when our our life doesn't turn out picture perfect in the way we had hoped. God, sometimes those times are are lonely times and we, we don't feel your presence. I thank you, Father, for all the promises that tell us that you will never leave us or forsake us so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, of whom shall I be afraid? Father, I pray right now for each person who may be feeling distant from you, may be wondering if you love them or care for them or are active in their life. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them, that wherever they look, they will see evidences of your love and care. Lord Jesus said, my father is always at work. So even in the darkest circumstances Mm. where it appears that nothing is happening, we can rest in the confidence that you are at work because you're always at work. Lord, for those who are not seeing any signs of life in the relationships or the dreams or the hopes or the prayers that they're praying, pray that you would remind them that you're always at work that you will fulfill your good purpose for each one of us, and we can trust you in that. Lord, I pray you'll make yourself very real to each of us as we move through our days. In the strong name of Jesus, I ask. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that prayer, Lori. You know, prayer is an opportunity to just have a conversation with God. And we could do all of this whenever we want. We're so thankful for Lori's insight on prayer and how it has shaped her faith. Before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you that the show notes are available in the podcast description and the option to check out Lori's books and website. You can also connect with Elisa and me on social and find out how when you visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, God hears you. He sees you and he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Daniel Ryan Day and Jade Gustafson. We also want to recognize Kelly and Hannah for all their help and support. 
Thanks, everyone. God Hears Her is a production of Our Daily Bread Ministries.